0: is more like a desire to become and unbecome so the mental state the mental state what i i use a terminology called selfing so selfing is a mental process it's the act of being identified as a self yeah. there's no noun of self there's just the whole verb so the mental process is verbing and this and this verbing if listened to in a certain way will be used to produce the sense of being a someone. So the mind does the producing itself because the selfing can't produce it. The selfing is imaginary. But what is real can take something to be real. Yeah? So the thought system's constantly trying to convince us. Yeah you know, they have it? I remember with drug it you know, being a drug addict a lot of times it sounded like the head was talking to someone up there, trying to convince them to go to the bar and shit. And then, and then what would happen is it would it would move closer and closer, and then it would be talking as me. But you could see there was a clear... It would go, oh, yeah, you know, you really fucking should get, you know, just do another shot. And suddenly, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like it was no more convincing, because it's like the jockey had gotten on the horse again, and it was just... Galloping now, it <laughs> was no more, no more like foreplay. It was already <laughs> screwing me. <laughs> so just hop right on and ride away. So, <laughs> so the selfing is this activity, a mental activity, that it's using whatever it comes into contact with, and the contact obviously is produced by what some people say. Consciousness and Contact. In AA we say Conscious Contact. Yeah. So Conscious Contact is obviously mostly uh, the five gates of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and then there's the sixth gate where you're seeing thoughts, so to speak, basically hearing them. So there's, in Buddhism they think there's a sixth sense and that's the mind. Yeah. So Consciousness and Contact is the basis of this experiential level. Then a mental process, now, as soon as the conscious contact occurs and the mental state seems to arise, that's where time begins in a way. Because the mental state is produced by time. So you have to remember self. And it takes time to remember something that's not here. If it was here, there'd be no need to remember it, obviously, because it would be here. But because it's not here, it takes time to remember it. So self has to be remembered, which is, t- is a time process. But, so there's the conscious contact, then there's this mental process, and then the self is seemingly born. But when the self is born, it's, it's it miraculously placed at the point of conscious contact. And now you are taken to be what's conscious. Yeah. You as the body, and the brain is part of the body. You become what's conscious. You become what's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching. Yeah. So instead of seeing, as I'm seeing. You know? Hearing, I'm hearing. Feeling, I'm feeling. So the I'm that was produced later implies that it's prior. That's how it gets this false established point of reference. It doesn't have any reference. It uses the body, in a sense, to sort of prove something. So, all right, so that starts happening. Then what else starts become, you become conscious of? Well, you become conscious of, let's say, feelings, stimulation is is happening, and they're producing senses and feelings, thoughts. And it does the same thing there. It says, I'm the feeler. I'm the thinker, I'm the doer, which is one of its fundamental blocks, because if you weren't the doer, whose life would it be anyway, really? I mean, the doership is incredibly important for the story that like hold relevance, because it's like a leaking boat all day. It's got to be patched constantly because it's leaking. It's not so. It has. It's not seaworthy, so to speak. <laughs> it's in dry dock, basically. But it's talking about its, you know, the seven, the seven adventures of, of whatever's name, Gala, whatever, uh, you know, Sinbad, sailor. But he's never sailed anywhere. It's just in dry dock, you know, <laughs> getting repainted and varnished every fucking day, and just on and on. It's constant, constant. Uh, construction and <laughs> resurfacing. Why well, can't be there? So all right. So there. So then the selfing comes after, but implies that it's before. So now the thoughts are held as my thoughts, yeah. Or they're about me, generally, yeah. If they're about someone else, it's in relation to me, basically. <laughs> yes. You become like the lightning rod or the the flagpole or the fixed reference. So now the thoughts are mine, the feelings become mine, the actions become mine, opinions become mine, time becomes my time, money becomes my money, girlfriend becomes my girlfriend, cars become my cars, on so on and so forth. And it it doesn't have to change car, girlfriend, time, nothing. It changes it completely by having the my in front of it. So my time is totally different than time. Obviously, money totally different than my money. Health totally different than my health. Yeah, the health hasn't the, the word or what it signifies hasn't changed one bit. It's too sneaky for that. It's not that obvious, but it puts something in front of it that changes everything, which is the mind. Yeah. Now, if all you needed to do in a way, if we could go to an extraction center and just have that my extracted out of our we would we would have we would realize we are where we want to arrive at, yeah it's not because we need to get anything or get a better or a longer lasting map it's just taking this one little one little thing off because everything you come in contact with is preceded mentally by my. you know like my day here you know my talk you know, whatever it is <laughs> so the my is sort of like a. It's almost like a needle that it gets its drugs from the programming, the conditioning, like the cloud of information that isn't located in Des Moines, Iowa. It's just, you know, the Apple cloud isn't any cloud. It's just information. And if you have the right program, you can download it, yeah? Well, that's the programming, or the key that we keep punching is Paul or Sue or Jimmy. And then information downloads into that syringe of my and then gets injected into the thoughts. So the thoughts are more a carrier of meaning than a producer of meaning. They don't produce any meaning. They carry a meaning that produces a reaction. The feelings carry something that then it's used to produce something. And usually it's all tabulated and added and subtracted from and divided and multiplied into a story basically, the story of Paul having totally, completely neutered any possibility of getting back to the conscious contact because you imply that that you're ahead of the conscious contact. You're the one who's conscious. So basically, the back door, which is the whole kingdom of freedom, is locked and sealed, and you're just looking from this as the fixed reference, and then going ahead, trying to find the truth, or something else, which is just been, you know cast as an object to your false subject. How you, th- how's it going to work? It hasn't, <laughs> it's, and it's not because of you. See, that's what self-centered does. After you blame every freaking other person and then you blame yourself, it always disguises the system. The system still seems to be successful. And working, it's not, I'm just not working it. No, the system has failed. The thought system has failed. We're in a preordained reference that's causing us not to see here. All the while, we're busily looking. We're blind to the scene. And it's difficult to go back to square zero, that which is prior to conscious contact, that which is prior to this event, it's very difficult to get back there from square three, because for all truth, there is no square three, it's just an appearance, it's square zero. So every time we're either looking ahead or looking back, we're not gonna ever see it, Or we would have already. I'd say in this room there's been ardent, sincere, searching, 25 years, either we're in a huge room or your glasses aren't in the room. George, <laughs> your keys aren't here. You know what I mean? Either re- It's like unbelievably huge and there's 20 couches or the keys aren't here. <laughs> they're in your pocket. You know what I mean? You just save yourself a whole lot of time and trouble. And also, what would come would be permission. When so- This is a story. It happened actually in Mount Shasta. Years ago, I got sober. 28 years ago. So the second year, you know, I was open to try other things and this lady said, hey, there's this giant Indian sweat that only happens once a year on Mount Shasta. Would you like to go up to Mount Shasta with me? And I said, sure. I had heard about sweats but I'd never been in one. And so I we drove up there and it was wild. I mean, uh, the people that were coming were really excited. This only happened once a year. And guys with giant long hair on Harleys were driving from fucking Nebraska. everyone, oh, there he is, big, you know, Sam. Or everyone. And they had the Oklahoma Indian shaman type. They built the things out of, you know, just whatever they do, built these big ones. And so on there, I'm there, excited. The first day that, that you get in, I've never been in one, so you get in there, there's tons of people inside. There's the big pit with the rocks, and there's the flat, and there was no room to sit, so I was standing up, like a, being on a subway, holding on to the rafters, with the hopes that I'd be able to sit down. They throw the flat the flat down and then suddenly the heat, like the heat tsunami, starts hitting me. And there's someone sitting right where my ass would have to go. So I was like burning to hear my my ears, my nostrils, I, just, I was just praying, fucking open that flap, <laughs> because I still had my spiritual face I wanted to save, not my ass. I'm not leaving, I'll be the only person who leaves and they'll all know it was me. I'll just fucking suffer, unbelievable. Then they finally opened it up and I got out as fast as I could, jumped in the stream, which was really cool. Get back in. Now I'm just saying, fuck, and I was trying to protect myself. And I just, oh, and I try to get as close to the flap as possible. But I stuck it through the whole weekend. Now, let's fast forward to about eight years later. Something had happened to me in this period of time. Not to me, but it happened. And then I was working with a guy as a sponsor, and he was going to have, him and his friends were going to have a sweat up in Petaluma. They brought another freaking Indian from Oklahoma, and it was all Anglo-Saxons, you know, trying to go the Native American Indian way. And so I go there to support like him. There's like 13 of them. So we get into the pit and stuff, and so it starts, and it starts getting hot. I go, it's hot. I leave right out. I just go right out. Outside's all the drink and the food, and I'm hearing them praying and moaning and screaming. <laughs> I got this beautiful night in Petaluma with the stars, drinking. What happened? As soon as I felt the heat, I said, okay, fuck it, get out of here. And just come right out. Before, I would have stayed there for, until I was like a burnt raisin. But no, as soon as I felt, hey, this is uncomfortable, bye. What happened? I was given a huge permission, in a sense. Yeah? a permission to follow, you know, follow some some information coming from within, you know. What I mean? And it was like hot. It was quicker. I recognized it very quickly. It's hot, and then I left. What happened? Who knows? But something changed. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. What's prior? What's just a little bit prior to where you think you start? Yeah. What precedes the thoughts? What precedes the feelings? What precedes the thought of believing you are having the thoughts? What precedes that? There would be no thought noted unless there was seen. And there has never been a thought before the scene. There's no thought that ever got behind the scenes. The seeing is what allows us to note, or or the acknowledgement, of thoughts and feelings. It's the seeing, and yet the seeing never had a feeling or a thought. And the seeing is not a feeling or a thought. The seeing is not a feeling or a thought. The seeing cannot be seen. It's not an object. It can't be felt, it can't be tasted, it can't be touched. It's untouchable, impeccable, yet it precedes everything that ever happens here. Now, if you want to get down to what you really are, I would say that's a more reliable you than the mental presentation. Yeah. This has much more... It's nothing but it's so incredibly substantial it's constantly available at all times, with no requirement necessary to meet it. Therefore, incredibly reliable, because it never deviates, it never turns. It has no requirements to meet it, because you are it. What else could it be called but you? You can't go any farther back. There's no, there is no seer of the scene there's only seen and what's seen cannot see the seen we're the reality lending reality to other things through an identification as a thing basically You become identified as a thing, then your world becomes things. And the perceptions of this thing support that view quite a lot. You see separate things. You see things that seem to have something, we don't know what we call this, between us. And there's that very vague feeling that gets trumpeted on and on and on and on with the thought system and the perceptions and the claiming of the feelings and all the claiming through the mind that there's someone who's having this whole thing. That life is not just happening, it's particularly happening to me. And that becomes the reference. And then reams and reams of story that you're the only person who will buy because it's boring as hell. But because you're the star of it, you're hoping chapter 45 is going to be great. So you'll just fucking trudge through the first 34 chapters to get to the real... When you finally arrive, (laughs) you couldn't sell it to a book club. You couldn't... couldn't, Amazon wouldn't even print it. It would have... Absolutely no one would want to buy it. But we're sitting there 30 years listening to the story. Ad nauseum. I mean, ad nauseum. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just blows my mind. It does. It's not it's not the movie that's good, it's the audience. We're enthralled. We're making the movie like an epic. It's like a fucking very small yeah, there was a great documentary called the parking lot movie. It was about people who worked at this parking lot in Atlanta or some some university town and all these crazy guys that worked in the parking lot. As you know, and then what? It was just hilarious. We're, we're even more normal than that. We're not even, we don't even have a parking lot. We've got this one little par- mental parking space up here. We're trying to have a huge limousine coming in and out all day, carrying me. It's freaking insane. It's exhausting, person. So take any sound here. Here you know, I hear this sound. And then for some reason or other either I have what's that thing they call when you have ears? Titnus? Tinnitus. I love tinnitus if this is what it is. I've had it forever. I love it because it's more constant than the breath. It's more constant than anything out here. Is the sound that's going on in this aliveness, yeah? So you go put your attention on there. Watch hearing that sound. If it's the last sound of this whole event going back to the speaker what's hearing that? you can't hear that which is hearing this you can't hear it that's where you end as a searcher, as a seeker and that's where you begin as what you are you will not find yourself through thoughts you will find yourself prior to thoughts You're not going to find yourself through feelings. You'll find yourself prior to feelings. It's not getting to square 83 of the game board. It's just realizing every square you think you're on is square zero. The one that's closest to the end or farthest away from them, they're all square zero. You are the reality. Wherever you are, how many how far up the ass of self you think you're in, it's still the reality that's that's allowing you to know the inner sanctum of assness, whatever. It's always, you can't, there's no way it can be actually erased or nothing. It's just always, always, always. It's like people here, and we're at uh, stump, stump Coffees. Good coffee, good latte. We were there today. Not one person there was talking about the effects of gravity on their body. Not one. I didn't hear one person say, Hey, your shoulder's looking a little lower than yesterday. Gravity has it out for you fucking today. You did something to get gravity mad. No one has any really has any sense of what it's like because it's on the body all the time, its effects. You only know it by going into an anti-gravity chamber. If you went into anti-gravity... You could have studied gravity for months. You could have taken seminars about the effects of gravity. But you would know it so quickly by just having it absent. Yeah? That's exactly what it's like. Instead of looking for the so-called solution from the problem, you see the problem from the solution. And from the solution's point of view, the problem is an activity, an imaginary activity. It's constantly desiring to become and constantly desiring to unbecome, but it never has been or will be and is. It's always a was and a will be. It has no is in it. It's a mental cloud. It's like a mist going across an incredible open sky. That's all it can possibly ever attain to. It's constantly going to be defined by its own limitations. It can only reach the level of seemingly so to what is so. It can seem to be so to us because we are what's so. And that's all it can do. And then it says, All right, but I got you stumped because I already have you believing you're something you don't want to be. So it also has a desire to unbecome. So you have this feeling you're a loser, you want not to be a loser. It's but you were never a loser. Yeah? So it goes desire to become, and all that desire, every wave that's breaking, every culmination, every crescendo, can't produce its finality. It cannot be you. It can appear to be a you, but it cannot be you. It never will, it never was. So it's an unthwarted, it's a thwarted desire that's incessantly agitated. And if you don't believe so, look at all the freaking seeking going on. All day, every day. Since the teeth we left the mother's teeth, there's been seeking. Constantly. You may not see this, but you can see it by its reflection, which is all the seeking. There's something that's agitated, something that's stirred up. Yeah? Stirred up all day. And it expects that if it found the right thing, it would bring it peace. But as soon as you brought peace to it, it would produce anxiety out of it. You would think, will I be peaceful tomorrow? <laughs> So, is that peace? No. There's nowhere, there's nowhere that the Son of Man can rest its head in this situation. There's no rest for it because it's the agitation. It's like those cheap motels used to go in and have the massage bed, you put up, and you want to get, you want to relax, you think, oh, this will help me a little more. <laughs> you know, it's not helping. You know, you put it better without turning the freaking thing on. Well, this thing is on all the time, and we're feeding it quarters called our interest and attention all day. All we're asking here is so simple. Let the, let the information in. The message is not the information. The message is seen. But through the information, it may hold it. It's sort of like the mentals, the mind may come out of that one yogic posture it's in, of self-centeredness. And it may open up when it receives this message and get a sense of its own size, you know. It's hugeness. And all it needs, it's constantly entertaining all the time giving it another possibility which to entertain. Not a possibility that's cast in time and activity and processes, but an immediacy of the possibility. And an immediacy, a no-timeness to it. Boom! Get it in there, and I'll tell you, the mind can grok it. It can understand it and start entertaining it. Just like to me, in recovery, the very uh, important aspect of Getting relief from the addiction is surrender, a surrender. And so I got run over by a car twice in one night. That didn't provoke a surrender. I've been shot at. That never provoked a surrender. I've been overdosed many times. Never sh- jail. Never. One day at a regular day at the office, my last day of drinking, I was in the trailer park in Calistoga, California, about an hour and a half north of San Francisco. I had no idea how I got up there. And I was sitting in a trailer with a guy who I didn't know. You know, I think we had a mutual friend we were waiting for. I was in the, the constant, at the end, the constant limitation of I had no more money to get any more drugs. So we were drinking a bottle of vodka, passing it back and forth. It was a regular day at the office. I just wanted to stay loaded till I could get high. You know. Just wanted to stay obliviated till I could get some drugs. What happened? I just look at this guy, big bulbous nose, varicose veins in his face, very overweight, and I said to myself, "This guy's a bum," you know. And lo and behold, he was looking back at me like I was a bum, or that's how I read it. And something happened. Something happened. The selfing stopped, and I, ha- I had never entertained the possibility it could because it hadn't before. Yeah, it stopped. Like a, like an 80 mile per hour bullet train coming to a halt instantaneously, and it's almost like a, a portal opened up and information downloaded in my head that I hadn't entertained five seconds before, and it told me, and it was like a CNN newsflash, no story, just a headline, and the headline is you're fucked. Yeah. Now I've been screwed for quite a while but I had no idea how screwed I was. My friends did. My family did. I had no fucking idea. That's part of why the drinking does. You're in a very strong sense of denial of how things are. So it just broke right through that, and it didn't stop at the mental, the horizontal mental download. because I admitted many times from the mental state I was a drug addict to get another shot of dope. I admitted many times that I was an alcoholic to get a place to stay at night. No, it broke right through the mental state, went to what we call the innermost, whatever that may be, another aspect of mind, and that's where it hit, and I've been sober and clean ever since, without any thought or feeling ever to have a drink again. Twenty-seven and something years of a demonstration of a power greater than self. So. I didn't need any more demonstration. There was a lot of kinks that needed to be worked out. You know what I mean? I was running on fumes, so my wiring had to change to have this energy move through, which I did what I did. I stayed sober. I still do. And uh, there it was. But the whole reality of sobriety was there in a nanosecond. It's just been using time to play itself out. What more demonstration would I ever need? But what happened there, that was surrender. I hadn't been able to entertain surrender unless the only way I could was conceptually. Now I had an intimate sense feltness of finally giving up the ghost. I mean completely, almost like it was taken out of my hands. yeah. And so that from that point on, I've been able to entertain surrender. My mind is very familiar with it. And what happens is it leaves the, the idea of surrender and becomes surrendered. The state stabilizes, yeah. That idea of being fucked has never left me. I'm not managerial quality. I'm very clear. I'm not meant to run any show whatsoever, and therefore it seemed an incredible what was what was constantly destined in less than a month out on the streets to be institutionalized. Now I've been running around like a free range alcoholic for 27 years. That's a damn good demonstration. If you need a demonstration, yes. Why? Why? Why would I? Try, why would I want to try to meet that somewhere other than that? Yeah, it was the closest thing that I ever felt because it was a non thing. It was more. It, it erased all the stories of me in in a nanosecond. All the stories and all the advertising campaigns, everything's about me, were they were all erased because they weren't even scribbled on a chalkboard. There was nothing there. It was all manufactured by a mental process. I'm not beholden to it because now I see it. Before I felt like or I sensed I was looking from it all day, I thought that was square zero. That's where my life started and that's what ended. It happened to me. The the camera just moved back. And what I thought I was the location of the camera, I saw this is just... uh, and what's happening with people like when you when some people share what they're saying is they're talking about a, a prefabricated mental location of the camera they say okay i see that i see that but i really feel this no you don't that's not reality if as if you buy that to be your position that's the kingdom of heaven for you you're always going to be the fence post you're never gonna leave context. You're always gonna be appearing in content. But if you could just allow the camera to go a little farther and see, you're not beholden to that statement. I'm not setting that fucking flag there. Yeah? I'm gonna let my freak flag fly somewhere else, not putting it anywhere. Yeah? And what happens is you'll get a sense of that pause, and that pause will be incredibly pregnant for you. And sooner or later, Those samples of the one of them is going to whack you, and the emphasis is not going to be on the stated position, but on the positionalist position. And then it's a done deal. Then you get established there, and then you see more and more of the self thing arise. And in, in a weird way, it's used just to confirm you're not that by seeing it. As soon as you have, as soon as there's a seeing of it you know it's not you, because whatever can be seen can't be it. So you have these little rulers, you don't have to even bring them up. They're there, and they immediately dispute the reality that the mental state's trying to confirm. You're freed from the bondage of self. Not after 20 years of something, not on a certain day at a certain time, every day at any time. Because you're getting two invitations served, the invitation of silence and always everywhereness, and then the constant yapping of like a little chihuahua dog. Yap, yeah, yap, yeah, yap, yeah, yap, yeah. yap, yeah, yap. Yeah, yeah. You can go either way. If you go one way, that's where your world starts. If you don't go that way, then the world just goes. There's no end to it. And all that you were looking for out here, you find not by looking for it out here, you find by realizing you're the scene. Yeah? Like Jesus says you're in the world, but you're not of the world. The true the true panacea, the true solution, the true relief is not in this world. It's of it's of something. Or it's of nothing really. We're the interface. The ofness can be expressed through us into the in. But to search for something in, to supplant or take the place of the ofness, it's never going to happen. Especially if you have that little bug in you. That has been mutated and seen as your spiritual seeking. If you could take the false, the ignorance, that would be a beautiful state. Because that's an opening. You're open to another possibility. Unfortunately, the mental state has run in and provided you many of them, usually cast into time and processes. Yeah. Which are fine to do. We're all action figures here, in a sense, so you're going to do something. You know what I mean? You're going to. You know, it's going to... We're wound up. And then it's, you know, mine's starting closing to the end, I think. You know, it's like only a few more laps maybe left. It's coming to an end, but you have this momentum. But the thing is, there won't be the sense, like they say, the sense of non-doership. doesn't mean nothing's done. It just means when something happens, it's not be, it's not used to point to what, who's doing it. Yeah? In other words, the selfing hasn't claimed it anymore, and it's just an action. Yeah? Not being used to imply the actor. Just a thought, not being used to imply the thinker. Just a feeling, not being used to imply the feeler. It will be used to imply that, but you're not buying it anymore because you've got the goods. See, if you actually had a sense of what that of let's say enlightenment, then you'd be able you would be able to tell the good pl- business plans and the bad p- business plans. and you realize no business plan is going to get us there. But because we have no idea, there's tons of ideas about it. And it's a great business plan, really. They'll say it's going to take lifetimes to arrive. Fuck, that's like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jeez. That's like a lot of. That's a huge commitment for not getting much in return. It like I went to Turkey once. You ever been to Turkey? They are incredible salespeople. And they got there, really got a lot of rugs there. That's what they like to sell Turkish rugs. So you get off, and then you're walking around with some people, and they can pick you out from a mile away. And some guy starts becoming your tour guide, seemingly. You think it's a tour guide, and he shows you one or two places. But then he takes you to his rug place, or his cousin's place, and then he just, like, Goes off. You never see him again. Now you're into now. These other guys. Oh, come on in, and then they give you a Turkish coffee and apple juice or apple juice. And now we go. The show begins. Like twelve or fifteen different cousins come in with rugs and they're flipping them and throwing <laughs> them here and, and it's like a three hour extravaganza. I swear it's an amazing show. But it, the incredible thing is, I was listening to it three hours and really could appreciate the pitch. But I don't have a floor. I was traveling around the world. I didn't have a floor, So I had a built-in immunity to wanting a rug because I don't have any place to put it. So it doesn't matter how good the fucking show is, I'm probably not going to buy it. And they're saying, well, we can fold it and put it. Give me a rug. I'm going to put a, a, a rug in my knapsack. Come on. Come on. So I had a built-in immunity because I didn't have a floor. So this is the dilemma, you yeah. know? We, take, we have a false flaw that we believe is real, and therefore we need a lot of fucking spiritual furniture. We need a lot of things, to, dances to go on there. And it's very difficult to have an immunity with that in place. But if you see that as not being so, then an immunity comes up, it grows, and you have an immunity to what's not happening. You can see if it's not felt, taste, touched, and heard, or this and that, it's not happening. And so suddenly, not with any thought or effort, it's just the basic fact, I don't have, have a flaw, the basic fact is, yeah, this is obviously what's happening. You know? I don't need any convincing of it, but that, which is incredibly convincing, is not happening. I tell you, I'd love to be a psychiatrist that specializes in what's not happening. I could have like 80 patients a day. They would expect to be coming in for an hour as soon as they went on their rant. Oh, you know, I'm really worried I'll have cancer a year from now. I say, that's not happening. See you next week. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's not happening. Now I could make a thousand, one week I could, I don't, one week I don't have to work for the rest of my life. I get at least, at least fifty clients. Everyone, all right, get out. Let's go. At least in two minutes or less. That's not happening. What do you need to do about what's not happening? Absolutely nothing. How long? How much time will it take? No time whatsoever. It's just like this. This is the third day we've done it. So we've entertained this possibility. That's all it is. It's just entertaining. Just like when you read something in a book, usually one sentence is all that's needed in a huge book sometimes. Just the mind it will trigger the mind to flare up. That's when stop the reading. Let the mind go and let it entertain and see what it does with what was introduced. Yeah, Instead of trying to jam more in, yeah, just leave it open and see what happens. Walk around and then if, if there's, there'll become a sense-felt intimacy with that statement. You'll put some flesh and blood on it, you, you know, this whole event. Yeah. That's how it happens. Your ability to entertain is unbelievable. It's just been saddled by a system called self-centeredness that forbids you to entertain anything that's not of time, forbids you it forbids you to be okay actually right now or promises you will be okay or or has remembrances you were once okay on and on and on and on and on yeah. the mind is like a marathon runner in a closet it's fucking exhausted running over this closet let it out yeah. entertain another possibility you are that or the other way is what see what you're not and that's what you are. And then it's repeated. We have website, tons of talks for free. Repetition works. It's like you can repeat a message. Who wants to repeat a dissertation of like three hundred pages? It would be fucking unbelievable. But a message that's short and sweet can be repeated quite a lot. Because you'll hear it differently. It's not the message is mutating, it's how you're hearing it. And it's always you. It's always us. It always gets back all the roads lead to Rome. We may want to disavow our citizenry with the hopes we'll be in a special Rome later, but we are that we are that which we're looking for. It sucks in a lot of ways. Because the mental states wants to have this long, arduous, noble journey, because it can milk it like a fucking cow. Just just more, just blow up the you know, mental little doll of selfie all day. Oh, I'm really progressing in my path to the truth. What's playing God there? What's playing God with God? Your head, isn't it? It's your head that's going to tell you if you know God. God ain't. Has God ever told you? All right, Paul, you've done it. You're a knower of me. No. You're the one that says, I'm getting close. <laughs> it's your head. And it's like a sadistic person. You know, when you were a kid, they play that thing where they hide something in the bushes. The adult and they play hot and cold. All right, you're cold. Oh, you're getting warmer. There's no fucking egg. It's all made up. He's just going. You're hot. Oh no, there you did something. You're cold again. There's nothing to be found. It's what's looking is what you're looking for, as St. Francis said. What's looking, not. With a special pair of glasses, what's looking is what you're looking for. So when the thought jumps up and says, "All right, this is where I start, and the world begins," maybe have a sense. Isn't there this giant pause right all around it? That statement—it's like a living nothingness. Maybe that's you know—maybe just allow that, and then go okay. And then you'll see the same kind of advertising clearly. Now we'll bring out some of its bigger guns, and then you'll see them. And you'll start losing interest in the idea of being a self. And what will happen? Your interest will go somewhere else. Is, you can't lose interest. You lose interest in something. You can't lose interest. There's not a, like, you don't have a certain quality of awareness that at 12 o'clock Sunday night you're given for the week. And then if you fucking blow it by Thursday, you're you're, just, you know, watching Die Hard 12, you know, for three days, or laying on your couch. There's plenty of it, yeah? There's no quantity to it, yeah? But the difference is where it's put in. So for me, most of us, our interest and attention has been enslaved to the mental state, yeah? And we're showing the effects of it the body is, a, is like a, is a, an expression you can sometimes see like if you, you're with someone that's been sober for years and then they go out their whole look changes like in one hour it's like something else has moved in something else is at the steering wheel like you're looking into the windshield and there's this, not the same old driver there's something else behind there it's like a paracircle movement's taken over that's what happens all day for us we're being taken over by tons of mental winds Desiring being the basic one of all. The desire to become and unbecome. This for me was, one of the first things I lost was the need to be liberated. That was gone. I lost total interest in the need to be liberated. That's true liberation. Total lose interest in them all. Hmm. What I am doesn't change every day. I, what I do changes, but fucking base. It's like it's like uh, when you go to a movie. Do you ever clap for the screen? Very rarely. The movie, all the credentials, all the names, everything. But the screen is what's allowing the movie. Yes, the screen. What we are. We are the context of this whole place. This is like a surround. You know, surround around movie where the whole screen oh. <laughs> moving with the you interest know, the attention because it's, been, it's like a bloodhound that got the scent, the mental scent of me yeah? so it goes to wherever anything is about me and it's difficult to break that habit so what if you're not that me? what will happen? The interest and tense will leave that dead preoccupation and will enrich your day. Instead of enslaving you in this day, it will, with to yesterday and tomorrow, will enrich your day. You'll feel alive, eh? Yes. Crackling on. <laughs> <laughs> you won't know what to do with yourself. Hallelujah. <laughs> it will be put to use <laughs> in AA we have a thing called service because the real dilemma is this preoccupation with self you know? it's an extreme level of self-centeredness at the root of addiction so at that point you can't think yourself out of it or feel yourself out of it, you've got to take action yes? something that will convince the system so, we have a lot of service possibilities, so you do service <coughs> what will happen is in service you'll put yourself in a position to be of use, you know usually to other addicts and our and no matter I did this once, we have these things called hospital and institution meetings where you make a commitment once a month to go to a facility where people their ability to manage their lives got them to the point of having to be managed by others. So they're being managed by a place. So you go in there, just once a month. <coughs> so the last one I did, I did for 11 years. So that's a lot of days, 11 years, once a month. Yeah, And so I had a lot of different conditions, mentally, emotionally, physically, circumstantially, you know. That would be a seemingly prevalent at that day. And every time I went in, no matter what was going on, in a few minutes, I was relieved of all that preoccupation. Mm-hmm. With no effort, just sitting there listening to the people talk, you know, you sharing your story. Never failed, a thousand batting every, every All the time. So I got familiar with the experience of service. So what I saw was, when you would do service, what would happen is, you would feel bigger. You'd feel bigger. Your space would seem much more open. So it would be like you felt available. In other words, you came out of the time tunnel, and you were actually out right there at the time. And in that availability, you sense what we call a presence the presence of a higher power, we call it, but it's what we are, really. So you'd sense what you are, in a sense. Okay? Great. But then, that the habitual uh, strength of the self-centeredness would arise, neuter it by saying, oh, you've got a great experience, you, again, becomes the reference, and therefore, very quickly, there'd be a great need to do service, to get out of this thing, right? Because it's a very nasty petri dish to be in so, so you do service and then you pop out and you feel available and the presence and then the mental state would arise and say I'm, I just felt available and present on Thursday night meeting and you'd be up the ass yourself again yeah with no divine proctologists around you gotta fucking pull that thing out every day so there you go so you do it many years I did then one day I was doing it and I when I was out seemingly I realized I'm the presence yeah. It's changed everything. It was a realization I'm the presence, and the presence is always available, therefore of service. See? So it's like one way it looked like I did service, started to feel available, sense bigger, and then sense the presence, only to go back to the false starting point. But turning it around, where I arrived at, that's where I am. So there was no arrival, and therefore no departure. So I am the presence, and of course that's not what was said, it's not saying, I'm trying to infer something with language. I am the presence, and therefore I'm available, because I'm present, and therefore I'm of service, which opens the door to service, so I don't have to do a formal act of service, Sort of, you're on call, like 24-7, so to speak. In other words, the store's open. Yeah, There's a light on, the store's open, and what comes your way, you can sort of react. It's not like you're that far. It's like if the door is knocked on, you're right there. You're not down in the cellar or up in the attic of the mental state, you know, fucking going over pictures of your youth or something. You're right there, so you're present and available to what's happening. That provokes a lot of juice moving, you know? You get to feel a circulation, and then it's almost like a building that's been used for storage from the mental states point of view. The windows get open, and some fucking air gets, goes through, and then the, the shitty smell, the musty smell leaves, and everything like that, and you feel like a circulation, like living, yeah? Not this. This is this is the loop of self-importance. I'm seeing everything, boom, 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 boom. No. And then, phew, through this, so this little you go right through the you know the happy face of Paul it, and it says that's the end of the road, it ain't. The vast highways right behind that billboard. And you and then the interest of attention is just I don't know where, in infinity or whatnot, but when it comes back to the interest and attention here, it sprinkles a little bit of the ofness on the in Yeah? This included, this is in. When you say, Oh, this is out, and then I went home and went in. If you go in here, this is out. The inner sanctum of the brain is out. It's a body. There is. We have lost the out. We're always in, and that's what's so exhausting. We find. Well, we don't. When we find deep sleep at night, we go out, and that's that's what gives us the juice to deal with another freaking day here. So here's the interest attention. Yeah, it's not coming out of you. It's not you that juices you up. Yeah? So, there, so it goes like this. And you can sense it. It feels just right. You know? Circulating. And you have plenty of interest and attention to navigate a day. You don't have enough to navigate 50 years all at once. You don't. Yeah? But a day, easily. Yeah? So you have enough. And then what, this, what I found out, the other interest tension attention finally lands in what's a true, reliable branch, which is that sense of being. Because the, the that branch isn't growing, it's not trying to reach a culmination, it's not trying to improve, it just is, and then the interest, and attention can truly rest there, while having enough to deal with what's going on, yeah. But it can rest, and therefore you almost have like the deep rest of deep sleep while you're awake, yeah. It's like the the circuitry is open all the time now. So you rest. You have got plenty. Of, I got very little to do today. I get out of here, drive home. Hopefully the car doesn't blow up and shit, and whatever. And if it does, I, I have AAA. What the hell? What the hell? And I have a little cash in my pocket. So there's not much I have to be concerned about. And so a lot of me, the actually appropriate response would be the rest. But if you believe this is the in, which it isn't, and this is always stirred up. If you go in here, there's no rest to be found in here, is there? And if this is a dualistic expression, which it is, there can't be go, go, go without rest. And if our rest out here is still go, 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 in other words, we're go go going twenty four seven. All the dreams in your head sometimes are very disquieting at night, and all the dreams which are trippy. Most people's dreams are dreams of bodies. We're just dreaming in the dream world of the mental state. It pictures us as a body. When you think you're flying, you're flying as a body. Yeah. So you're not getting. You're not finding any real rest here. And whatever rest you do find, the mental state claims it and produces agitation with it. Yeah. How could it how could like it's how could an agitated state, when it meets peace, do you believe it's going to allow the peace to influence it? or is it gonna to try to influence the peace? It's the latter. The mental state is gonna look at what they've done in this these programs, these practices here, these, these non duality stuff. The word awakening is driving a lot of fucking people crazy. The word enlightenment is like the bane of all spiritual seekers. I, sw- you know, I mean, it's just how many people they were so much better off before they ever heard those words <laughs> like, because they were they let themselves be okay on Saturday. Now, did I meditate four hours? <laughs> it's not like turbocharged Buddhism. You ever see that? It's like we're getting we're mixing like a workout into. Buddhism. Extreme Buddhism. What the fuck does that look like? What is extreme Buddhism? Turbocharged Buddhism. Put some adrenaline in your Buddhism. (laughs) It doesn't matter how fast it goes. It ain't going anywhere. You think it's lack of speed. It has nothing to do with that. (laughs) So that's all. You got questions here. I don't, It gets to be beating a dead horse. This is an invitation. I have too much faith in all of you that to have to keep pounding away. A slight tap can do it, you know? And if you need more taps, we have tons of free information. That's why I, I never have an intensive or retreats. I don't believe in them. I, you know, they're fine. It's not that I disbelieve them. But the way this is downloaded for me is to me... It's faith in mind, faith in the being of mind. I don't think we have to do a lot to realize nothing. You know? Yeah. Is there anything you, you can share about relationships? <laughs> oh, yeah, that you shouldn't listen to what I have to say about relationships. That's much. No. I would say get right with whatever that may be, and then maybe that rightness will find expression with others. But to try to find the rightness through others doesn't work in my view. But I'm not a I'm not a pro at relationships. I haven't never been married or I never had kids, so yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I I notice um I noticed this before too in institutions, when I'm listening to this this message, you know, and I you know, I, I see it, you know, I you know like writer and then uh like the selfing acts, it acts almost like an entity or something. It's, it starts to throw up like the like deepest guilt or fears. Like yeah, yeah. books it can do, like, you know, like you can't. Yeah. It's like, what about all those people you've heard, you Now that you haven't made up for it? You know, what about this and that? Yeah. Or like, and then there's like sadness and despair. I'm so velcroed in. I feel like back in the thick of that. But you're not, because you're seeing that it's just the emphasis has been habitually put on what's being seen and then that being formed as where you're looking from right. it's sort of like an authentic report of where you're looking from it's a lie it's a false outpost that's serving its own agenda and of course it feels real you're real so if it has you convinced it's going to be convincing if it's like it's like an entity that doesn't want just to happen yeah it has its own survival in hand you could give a shit about the body. It actually hates the body, but it's it needs the alliance of the body to prove its point. Yeah. Most people don't have a good image of their body. Do they? I don't see I don't think so. I mean I know for me it showed when I was young I was um my friends and I used to hang out in my cellar in my house, my mother's house. Down in underneath her bedroom, and so we were going to go to Rod Stewart's show in uh, Madison Square Garden. So we dropped a lot of acid, like two tabs of acid. And so you would think that would be enough, but then my head was chirping. You should take seven downs, which would probably have killed me. So I saw I had a very distinct feeling is self-preservation, self-preservation supposedly the strongest instinct? This sure doesn't sound like it has the preservation of the body as as one of its primary, you know, things. It was so obvious, it was like, let's fuck it up even more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait a minute. <laughs> so, you have to see, it's, it has no allegiance to the body, but set begrudgingly. It's like I, I like to use it as a parasitical movement. So some people say, Well it's not a parasite, so I usually try to make sure I say a mental parasite so it's not a thing. But it has that movement. It has a movement of it has a lack, so it claims what will imply that it doesn't have that lack, so it doesn't have life, so it claims one. And where the where the opportunity or possibility of life, this event, so it claims it and convinces Convinces mind that it's the mind, and therefore we stop living and we start ingesting a, an interpretation of living. Yeah. So we when when you you were young, you notice it. Some of the first things to go were wonder and awe, that spontaneity. You know what I mean? Remember when you. My, I'd be running around naked and my mother looked at me disapprovingly and then guilt the rose first time and I was clothed all the time. You know, all that stuff, that's what happens, yeah? It's like a, a shutting down of the open space and then compartmentalizing it and pretty much fumigating any life in it and then replacing it with an interpretation. So now, you know, it's more important how you look than how you feel. You know what I mean? Most people are trying to save their face instead of their ass, like we say in AA. You got to be willing to save your ass instead of your face. But when I came into AA, I thought my face was my ass. Yeah. So I was living an image, and that's what I was protecting. That's what it was protecting was that image of me. Yeah. While I was fucking going down the tubes physically and everything else, every every other level. So, to me, I see it as a foreign installment, literally. And see what happens if, if you see it as a foreign instalment. That's why I keep it doesn't matter if it's so or not, but as a in as a teaching aid to produce a contrast is valuable. So the mind can get a possibility, yeah? So by point by painting it as something not you, if you ever get a good sense of that, the first thing that happened with me, and it happened when I was about eleven years sobriety, I had been leading workshops in AA for years, and I was—it was this one chapter called "How It Works." I was always leading them from, yeah. So I read this stuff material many, many times. But my mind had shifted again, and so when I read it, I saw the word "self," and it inferred to me a foreign installment. And as soon as I could see it as not me, the next thing that I could entertain that was unable to be entertained all the time before was. If I'm not that, I can be free of it. See? What I was saddled with, I was trying to be free as it. I was trying to become free as a self. Where it's the direction is from. And there's no direction to it because you're not that. Yeah. But until my mind was still running around in this labyrinth and could never find the true exit because it was it. Yeah. It was constantly trying to bring along the self You know, therapize itself so it wouldn't flip out at the next picnic. Maybe civilize it enough that it could have a three-month-long relationship with us, (laughs) someone of the opposite sex. (laughs) Whatever. Very meager ideas of success because it was a very hostile occupation. So I wasn't asking for much. After a few years, I just didn't want to be arrested. That was basically my idea of success. So this thing was going on, but when I this and. You're entertaining like crazy. This is a whole entertaining. Mind's dreaming. This is a dream of mind that's defined by a frame, a mental frame called self-centeredness. Now, we can dream all around and over and under and above and below and through that frame, but we're seemingly saddled through identification to live life as an interpretation from a very small window and whatever comes to the window the system will morph it into something palatable to the system not surrender the system to reach for that but absorb that and stick it into the system so it neuters messages such as non-duality and if you go to talks of non-duality you'll see it happening constantly where the, t- the message of you're a lion gets neutered into I can become like a lion which is not the message yet or the message of non doing, which is there's no way you could possibly do anything to do to to have this happen because it's always happening, becomes a subtle doing. Yeah? So now people are trying to become a non-self as a self. So you see all the mutations of the self in attempting to claim this message. You can watch it. You can watch it in your own head or you can watch it at groups, yeah? It's so obvious after a while. So that's what it does. Whatever, whatever it comes in contact with, it uses it to support and reinforce it. So what would be used to reveal that it's nothing has been co-opted to constantly reflect that it's something. Spiritual practices, one. yeah. People are getting the biggest picture of themselves in spiritual practices because it's a calm pond. You can get a great image of yourself. You know, like Narcissus. You you fall in love and then you drown in the fucking bond. (laughs) That's a good day. (laughs) If you drown. I think that would be the best day of all. (laughs) So you just... This is a humble invitation. It's in there. You've been served a spiritual subpoena. You're going to get a letter and it's going to be not to the court of the mental state because you've been convicted there already, babe they got a long sentence you have been living no chance for parole or probation no visitations you're in there but the court of light it will be annulled because it never happens that's what occurs you'll let forth the biggest hook that final hook of you you, know, you, know, you come off that little meatpacking wall and, you know, so if you want to leave somewhere, you leave. You don't need to find, you know, withhold yourself for three years and say, so I'll show them. And then fucking, or leave with a resentment. You can just leave, you know, and you're accountable for what happens. Oh, you know, Paul, you really blew it. We made a million dollars on that house. If you wouldn't have left, really, you would have had it. Well, I did. Clevelandly. That's the end of the story. <laughs> Whatever was supposed to happen did, and what was supposed not to happen did it. That's it. What? Don't you? Don't you ever regret it? No. I just left. What can I say? <laughs> you blew it, Paul. Oh, I know I did. it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> How does blowing feel today? It doesn't feel like much. But when you see it, don't you get upset? Look at her with her new husband living in the mansion. No, I don't I don't care. <laughs> it's like people with surfing they say, "Do you miss surfing?" I say, no, but when I go in finally back in the water I'll miss it because that's when it will be appropriate to miss it when I have it again. <laughs> it sucks to miss something when you're still missing it <laughs> But when you have it, then you can miss it all you want) <laughs> it's just all the cards get reshuffled and it works better I'm telling you with you as not the dealer the game goes much better (laughs) it's just the easiest off the way any more questions we're going to break you honey. we're going to break you I can see it you're going to crack and that little false glass of the end is going to break and you'll find yourself on the other side it's, it's inevitable. I have faith in mind. That's you ever want to read Zen treatise? Faith mind. You can look it on the, up on the internet. It's only like a four-page thing. Faith mind. It's an interesting dualistic expression. So he talks about the fundamental dilemma is the splitness of the mind. Yeah, the mind that's trying to perceive the truth, and that's the dilemma. Isn't that you can't find the truth? It's how you're looking. Yeah. So your mind is split so in a way it keeps bringing you to that point and then recognizing that's not so that's what opens you up yeah, it's very beautiful it's famous it was purported to have been said by the third Zen patriarch and I'll give you some more suggestions read the uh